We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack Day Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Furrett, joined always weekly by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher. Guys, we don't have a lot going on, so let's let's stretch this out. How are you doing today? I know Sarah's got some, Sarah, we'll start with you because we know you're uh, you're very, very worried about tomorrow. So why don't you fill everybody in on what you're doing? Oh, tomorrow's a big day for me. I have my capstone presentation, which my graduation in the fall is dependent on. But I feel pretty prepared. My group is good. So I think I can knock that out. And I also have a work presentation tomorrow. So lots of presentations tomorrow. Everyone's going to have to listen to me talk. Not really looking forward to it, but I'm also looking forward to it because now it will be over. And then I will officially pretty much be on summer break with just work and no classes. But we're almost there. The end is near. Very excited to get it over with, but scared because it's a big day. Well, we appreciate you taking a little time to uh, still join us. Dusty, Dusty, we we know you are running on like no sleep, so Mm. you're going to be a little crazy tonight, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, sleep deprived. Uh, My son has decided that uh, sleep is for the week, and so he just wakes up every day from like 1 to 3 in the morning, uh, which is just awesome. Uh, And so when he does actually stay in his crib, which is rare, uh, it just means I have to lay down and sleep next to him on the floor and I'm an old person, which means, uh, I always pinch a nerve or something every time, uh, which then makes sleep the next night harder. So yeah, I'm, uh, 
run on a little sleep and work has been insane lately. So uh, my mind is my mind is either in a really good mental place for this podcast or a really bad one. So I guess we're going to find out. And I'm impressed. You just while talking about this, you also tweeted that uh, mm. your what movie you're watching just yeah. to piss me off. So I mean, you yeah. know, that's that's pretty. You're functioning on multiple levels right now. If you <laughs> can talk and tweet uh, just to annoy me while we're it's on here together. What so. we call multitasking, Steve. Look it up. Wow. Yeah, man. <laughs> It's the, it's the funny part is for everybody listening, Dusty complimented me twice before we got on he air. He did. Mm. He was being really nice, and I was totally surprised. And now it's like, the and I called it. I called it. I said, "Well, we haven't started. We haven't hit record yet, so he can be nice to me until yeah, there's you know, no evidence of that happening. He needs Steve. to be on brand. So Zero Dusty, evidence of that happening. Dusty needs to be a d bag to me and super nice to Sarah to make it all work. So. Well, yeah, we had the one person that was like, if we're meeting to Sarah, she's going to spin off and create her own podcast. And so we got to be nice to Sarah so she doesn't so she doesn't throw us under the bus. Me and you, Steve, we're not going anywhere. Um, but true. Sarah Sarah could do big things. And so we got to be nice to Sarah to make sure she doesn't uh, run off. And, and Yeah, she's like us. she's like the, the rising the rising star. And we mm-hmm. need to be able to figure out ways to attach ourselves to she her. She knows words like capstone project. I mean, she's next level, Steve. Next level. The thing, though, that I loved about that comment is that the like first thing that they thought I would do if we ever like broke up as a podcast was make a podcast to then try to destroy your <laughs> podcast. That was just really entertaining to me. So it wouldn't take much work is the thing, but also making a podcast is way harder. Like as far as like getting it out, that actually costs money and takes work. And I don't know. I feel like you're too busy to do that just to just to spite me and Steve. I don't think you. Sh- I don't think she's that vindictive. Like a little bit, but not that vindictive. Yeah, like I wouldn't like sit there and be like, "Ooh, I'm going to talk about these things today," and I can't wait till Dusty and Steve listen to they can get pissed <laughs> off. Like- <laughs> oh, I'm not listening to your podcast, sir. Oh hell no, hell no. <laughs> I'll be trashing that thing on Twitter left and right. So good luck, Sarah. <laughs> on Twitter, I'm sending letters to her house, Steve. <laughs> So I guess this is a really bad time to announce I'm starting my own podcast. No, I'm kidding. Get out. Get out. I'm kidding. No way. It's called Captain America's Ass. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, Sarah, can I be in on that? Can I? Oh, uh, there we go. I mean, want... yeah, sorry. Sorry, Steve. Really. Uh, you know what? That's cool. If you guys want to nerd out and talk about Avengers nonstop, I'm going to go to our bread and butter and want to talk about the Packers. So yeah. you, know, if you guys need to talk about uh, Chris Evans' butt and uh, things like that. You go right ahead. You, yes, please. You go ahead. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about we talk some football? How about that? Let's, let's get to that. Uh, continuing on with uh, the theme going on for the Pack 8 podcast, we are now going to take a deeper dive into the top 10 wide receivers the Packers are going to face in the 2019-2020 season. And before we even jump into that, we kind of the, – the one thing that we all took a look at was just, you know, depth charts and everything for these teams. So – Instead of just the individuals, we'll get to that next of our top 10 list. Is there a team that stuck out to both of you guys of the wide receivers? You just said, you know, outside of their number one, like they, they have a really solid just group of wide receivers. Dusty, did you have one in mind? Uh, I did, actually. Um, there's, there's you know, quite a few different ones, I think, um, that, that have something interesting with them. But the one that I think kind of stood out to me is surprising in a way because I forgot one of these guys was on it is the lions. I think of the lions and I think, um, Galladay, you know, Galladay, you know, obviously the yeah. up and the up and comer, uh, they're number one, you know, just tremendous last year. I think he's, he's on the rise again this year. 
And I knew Marvin Jones. Uh, you know, he was in Cincinnati for a while. He's been in Detroit, I think, three years now. Like that, that one too. That's a good one too. I'm, I'm not going to say anything bad about them because they have absolutely torched the Packers in the past. Uh, that's a good one too. And then this past off season, and it doesn't move the needle too much by himself because he's an old person now. But Danny Amendola is that three, and the grouping I think of Galladay, Jones, and Amendola, they play really well to each other's strengths. Um, they still got Stafford throwing on the ball, uh, so he's going to chuck it over their heads. But it's a <laughs> It's but I was. You can. It's that's a good point, Sarah. I take back everything I said. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I kind of went into this thinking, okay, the Lions. Like I, I kind of know what the Bears are, and I know what the Vikings are. But the Lions, I kind of wasn't overly scared of, and I'm still not overly scared. That's a good group. That Galladay Jones Amendola is, I think, is kind of a, a sneaky uh, sneaky grouping that could do some good things together. Okay, Sarah, what you got? I just went kind of stereotypical on this one with the Vikings. I was just thinking which teams always like as a Packers fan pissed me off for hmm. lack of better words. And the Vikings are always the number one team that comes to that list. And when I think about how we have to play them multiple times in a season and just the rivalry of that game every year, no matter if one team is significantly better than the other, it's just always a very feisty game, always a very interesting game. And so obviously they have, Diggs and Thielen together, and that's just a duo. I mean, yeah. both of them are super shifty and have great body control and just being able to make players miss, really. And it's just scary, that duo together. And every time we play them, both of them seem to play very well. And I'm hoping that with the defense were able to try to slow them down a little bit this year, but they still scare me a little bit and definitely two people to look out for. And that duo that's consistently strong every week in the NFL. The the whole NFC North is actually decently stacked wide receiver wise. Uh, the one that stuck out to me was actually the Dallas Cowboys. So lining up with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Alan Hearns, Randall Cobb, Tavon Austin, like, They've got a bunch of playmakers, and if those guys stay healthy, the quarterback's not horrible for sure. I mean, I wouldn't want to have to pay Dak Prescott $30, $35 million, but <laughs> he can effectively get the ball out, and they've got a good run game. So, I mean, throw in Randall Cobb to go in with Amari Cooper, Allen Hearns, and Michael Gallup, that, that's a pretty stacked group. I mean, I come, honestly, like when I was looking at it, I completely forgot about Allen Hearns, but yeah. when he's a number, like a, you know, 2A with Gallup 2B, Randall Cobb 2. Like, they have a whole bunch of twos and then Amari Cooper, which is pretty impressive to do when you're going one through four. So, I mean, that's a that's a good good thing for the Packers to have some solid cornerbacks as well as, well as Darnell Savage who can play some slot, you know, here and there uh, if they go four wide. So, it's, it's, a, it's a talented team. I mean, I think the other one we had talked about was the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles yeah. have a very solid between Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, and Nelson Aguilar. That's uh, that's a, that's a solid trio right there. It is. I mean, I really like you know Aguilar. I think um, he kind of he started off uh, kind of iffy like his career, and he's he's picked it up and he's gotten better. Like he's a solid guy, and if he is your like if he's your slot guy, if you're if you've got like Deshaun Jackson and Jeffrey on the outside, and Aguilar's your three in the slot, that's terrifying. Yep, absolutely. All right, that's uh, there's some there's some talented talented teams the uh, Packers are actually playing this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't really happy going through this whole list because I looked at it, I was like, well, they're good, 
Oh, they're good. Like, God, they're good. What the hell? Like, it, they're coming off a bad season. They should have the easier record, like easier schedule. They, they got a the pretty, pretty solid schedule. So, not yeah, and our road schedule is kind of tough. When I was looking at no. the schedule and going through, I was reminded of that, and I was like, oh, good. This is good coming off of a bad year. Tough road schedule, playing a lot of good teams. Love to see that. The one solid though, I do enjoy the eleven, the, the week eleven bye. That's that's. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. I think that's 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 well timed. It's not like week five or anything like that. So but let's move on. Let's let's hit our list. We each made a top ten list of the uh best wide receivers that the Packers will face this year. So I'm sure we'll hear a lot of the same names, hear a lot of the same stuff, but we're gonna go ten to one and we'll each kind of go from give our tens, nines, eights, and you know, any comments. Please feel free to make fun of each other as this as this goes on because you know Dusty won't be able to hold his tongue. I'm sure I have a couple of mine. So I don't know what you mean. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders. That's all I'm gonna say, Dusty. <laughs> I helped you out, Steve. I helped you, you out. Screwed me in the beginning. I didn't have him on my list. Yeah, no, that was I set. Yeah, I know. I set you up pretty good. <laughs> all right. So all right, we'll start number ten. Sarah, give us your number ten wide receiver. The Green Bay Packers will face this season. Okay, I had Golden Tate as my number 10. I think typically he would have been a little bit higher on my list, but the fact that he is on the Giants now, I don't know how much of a threat he will be since the Giants are such a mess. Um, I think that is a game that the Packers are going to win, so I don't know how much he is going to affect the game. He might score a touchdown here and there, but he's obviously going to be getting a lot of targets on their offense He's since Odell Beckham is gone. And he will kind of be filling that role a little bit. So that's who I had as my number 10. Uh, yeah, I, I actually was kind of surprised by my 10. Uh, I've got DJ Moore. Like Carolina, he had a rookie year last year. Uh, there's some hype on him kind of coming out. Uh, he did really, really well last year. 82 targets, 55 catches, um, 788 yards. Only two touchdowns, but touchdowns notoriously hard to predict. Uh, they, they, the Panthers throughout the time Cam Newton has been there, feel like I've just had a very, very weak receiving core. And I don't necessarily think that they have a very good uh, good receiving yeah, core. They get Greg Olson. Well, I mean, as far as receivers. As far as, like, actual receivers. That was, was a joke, Dusty. But, okay, keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. And, and Calvin you Benjamin. And Calvin Benjamin, Steve. Um, oh, my gosh. I mean, he had a tight end body. I mean, come on. He had, a, he had an offensive tackle body. Let's let's call it what it is. Uh, like, and even this year, they don't have the best core. I mean, it's DJ Moore, Jarius Wright, Torrey Smith, Chris Hogan. Like, it, it's not like that's a strong, strong core. But DJ Moore, for a rookie, put up really good numbers. In that offense, I think he's just going to get better. And so it's kind of one of those projecting him to to do better than those numbers last year. Uh, I think he's going to kind of break out. So, yeah, I had him I had him on the outside uh, looking in. And the more I went through it, uh, I think DJ Moore's going to have a really, really solid year. And so he's number 10. Oh, no, I think he, he showed a lot. Like, he had a lot of flashes last year. Uh, definitely, I had him in fantasy for one of my teams. So he uh, – I was always kind of keeping track on him. Okay. And like you said, he's he, – the more the season went on, the more, you know, Cam came to, came to trust him and throw him the ball more. So, yeah, he was on my right on the fringe for me. But uh, with number 10, I went with Golden Tate as well as Sarah. Um, same type of things. He's just – he's got the talent. He's he's always been effective as annoying. And as much as I've hated him through the Seahawks years, through the Lions years, he's just a damn good receiver. And I don't – those skills aren't going to just fall off the table even if Eli Manning's throwing you the ball. 
he's still going to be their number one target. So when you're still the number one target, I still think he's, he's still got an edge over a couple of the guys that I had my honorable mention. So Golden Tate, number 10. Sarah hit us off, number nine. I had Alshon Jeffrey of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I was reading up a lot on this, and something I saw was that they believed he bulked up and got even bigger in the offseason. So they th- he's about 6'3", 218 pounds now. And they, in some of their uh, OTAs and mandatory practices, a lot of the media was writing up about how he was standing out that he looked bigger, faster, and everything was just significant in the improvements that he made. So I think he'll definitely be able to make an impact. Um, don't really know how much since there had been some injuries in the past, but I definitely think he's someone to look out for. I, I have an eagle at my nine, but not him. Uh, I've got Deshaun Jackson. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, he's been in the league for a very long time now. Uh, 11 years, 11 years. I believe he's been in the league 10 or 11. Um, he's still like, just seems like he hasn't lost a step. Uh, you know, he had, uh, kind of bounced around a little, uh, with the, he had the bucks last year and he had Fitzpatrick and, uh, Winston throwing the ball and still did. Well, he did very good things. He's done very good things his entire career. Um, he did, so he did good things with, with Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Yes. He, that's true. He did, he did not good do good things, things with, with Fitzpatrick. And then when they said Winston's our guy, he was like, I need to leave. I would very much like to leave this place. Very much like to leave this place. And he did. Um, and now he has uh, one stone on the ball, which I mean, is exciting. I live in Florida. What the heck? Like, nah, no, no, thanks. Ooh. Ooh, <coughs> Steve. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So, yeah, I think Jackson, I mean, we, Steve, you kind of touched on that core already with those um, those three guys. I think that's a, it's a kind of a solid grouping there. Uh, but Jackson is still the speedster. He's still the guy that takes the top off, and he's still one of the best deep threats in the league. Um, so I'm, I'm, I've got him at my nine. I took Kenny Galladay, wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. I know you guys are probably a little bit higher on him, and I think he's an ascending player, but comparatively to everybody above him, I feel like they've all proven things more and more. So he's got that opportunity to rise and you know become that true number one wide receiver for the Lions. But, I mean, all the flashes you saw, all the talent, the height, like the skills, the skill set that he has – he is definitely in the top ten wide receivers. He's got he's got a lot of room to grow quickly. I think to get near the eh, top five list, or like if he continues to play well into next year. So Kenny Galladay for me is an ascending player, kind of like DJ Moore for you. He's definitely on his way up, and he's definitely got the the eyes of Matthew Stafford. So I think far and away he's one of the best talents in the NFC North. But he is my number nine wide receiver. Number eight, Sarah. I had Galladay as number eight. So that basically what you said, um, some stats last year, he had 70 receptions for 1,063 yards and five touchdowns. So that's obviously a huge breakout season for him. Pretty much following up with everything and agree with what you said, Steve, and how he has the potential to work his way up into close or close to that top five tier. And I think this year he has potential to even push towards the double digit touchdowns. And he just, he looked good last year and it looked like he's only going to get better. Yeah. Uh, my eight, I've got, uh, Allen Robinson a little lower than I thought. I think I'm, I'm, I've got Galladay a little higher. So I'm a holo- I'm, I'm a little higher on him than you guys are, but, uh, I mean, he's very, very good. Definitely one of those guys that, uh, when he was up for in free agency, 
and the Packers were making a run at him. Not only was I upset that the Packers didn't get him, I was upset that the Bears did. Uh, and he showed he showed why last year. Uh, I mean, he he makes uh, tough contest like contested catches. Uh, he's still like he's a very good route runner. He's still got speed, very good hands. I I really really like him. I, I think uh, part of it I'm a little lower. I think maybe I'm a little lower on him than I thought he was. Like not necessarily just as a receiver, but just because I don't like Trubisky. I think it's it's kind of limited what he can do with Trubisky a little bit. I mean, even last year, you know, it's it seven hundred fifty five catches for seven hundred fifty four yards. Like it was not an amazing season by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but a solid season. Um, and you know, as a number one guy, you could do a lot worse. So I just I went yeah, Allen Robinson at eight. The consistency doesn't bother you with Trubisky. What do you mean? I don't know. I mean, if you got who's your number nine and number ten? Deshaun Jackson, DJ Moore. Okay. I'm just like Deshaun Jackson produces way more than Allen Robinson does. I was just he does. I I think I like you know Jackson. I think more of like a, a deep ball guy. And honestly, Robinson's catch rate isn't a whole lot better than Jackson's is. I I like I like Robinson's skill set a little more than I like Deshaun Jackson. I think. I don't know. I was kind of trying to rate based on how I liked receivers, but I think some quarterback uh, bias kind of creeped in there as well. well so I had him a little lower. That's definitely something that plays into it. I agree. Yeah. But. All right. So here will be the first uh, thing. Will you guys would yell at me? Whatever. Number eight, I have Tyreek Hill. Boo. 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 <laughs> well, we can't have the same list. Wrong. Boring. Boo. Wrong. I know we can't have the same list, but like someone you got your list has to be at least like kind of right. We don't even know if he's gonna play. It doesn't matter. He's gonna play. No, you don't know that. It doesn't matter. He's if not he's suspended he for eight matter. weeks. He's not playing he's against not the Packers. We have no way of knowing that. We have zero way of knowing that. Yeah, but if Very he's true. suspended for six or seven weeks, then he'll play. So and they said six to eight weeks. So well, then mine's in the realm of possibility too, Sarah. And even when he, if he's suspended for eight weeks, I mean, he's still one of the top guys. I know you guys have him up way higher, and I know he's way—he's very talented. But with the potential to be suspended, the potential for all of those things, I just—I knocked him down the list as the guys that most likely the Packers will see. If and he's kind of up in the air right now if they will see him. So screw both of you. You suck. Let's move <laughs> to number seven. We suck, but uh, Tyria Kill does not. Oh, really? So, really? Well, as, as, a, a oh, as, a as a receiver, as a person, he sucks oh. a lot. As a receiver, he is very good. <laughs> okay. Good good to know you two are standing behind Tyreek Hill when I've knocked him As out. a receiver. As a re- I cannot stress this enough, Steve. As a receiver. <laughs> All right, okay, number seven. seven. I had <laughs> Deshaun Jackson. Again, a lot of similarity in our list, basically the same thing you said, Dusty. I see him still as he can be a deep threat, and he's just athletic. He's quick, speedy, has great footwork, and so with that, he poses a threat with mm-hmm. um, Jeffrey in there and like their wide receiver lineup, like we talked about already. There's just a lot of potential for them to do damage, and yeah, he's my number seven. And I went with uh, Amari Cooper. So Amari Cooper, uh, and this is, I mean, if he has another, if he has a big season like he did the second half, let's say he could jump up. I don't know, man. We talked about this. This list is stacked. This might be as high as Amari Cooper can get. Um, Like what he did with Dallas and what he did not only for himself, but for that team uh, when he went to Dallas, 
is just just absolutely insane. Like completely turned that that team around. He had uh, games in that second half of the season. He had games of 180 receiving yards and 217 receiving yards, uh, which is just insane. And the biggest thing to me, I think. You know, one of my biggest issues with Cooper, he is like he's ridiculously smooth. He's so smooth as a route runner, uh, just like somehow violent and smooth at the same time. Just a very, very good route runner. Um, the thing that always bothered me with him is his drops, and I don't necessarily think he solved that problem. I still think he has drop issues, but his these are his catch rates uh, for his first for a year. Uh, first year, fifty five point four percent. Second year, sixty two point nine. Third year, I mean, this is like the lowest of it was. 50%, 50% catch rate. And some of that was drops. I don't know if it was drop rates in front of me. Some of that's drops and some of that's just Derek Carr. 2018, 70%. Now, I don't think he's going to catch 70% of the balls that come his way, but there was a noticeable difference when he went to Dallas. Prescott is a uh, more accurate passer, or at least more willing to go downfield, I guess, and better on the downfield passes uh, than Carr is. And so, I mean, I think him, him in that offense uh, with Prescott throwing him the ball – is terrifying. Like the difference was, it was night and day after they got him. Um, so yeah, I got Cooper at my seven. I took Deshaun Jackson. Uh, at first, I had Emmanuel Sanders because I made my list. Dusty <laughs> asked me why Emmanuel Sanders wasn't on my list, and I had freaked out. I was like, "How did I forget about Emmanuel Sanders? He wasn't on ESPN's depth chart. What the hell?" And then, then we went through this whole thing, and then figured out that Emmanuel Sanders. What did he do towards Achilles? Towards yeah. Achilles last December. Okay. So, yeah, don't worry about Emmanuel Sanders, guys. Packers don't have to worry about that. Deshaun Jackson, though, like we said, if if you're going from Jameis Winston to Carson Wentz, I mean, I don't care if you're a year older, you still have that. Like, he's got that deep playability. He still can. One thing I like about Deshaun Jackson, he's much more deceptive than everybody. Like, everybody, oh, he's that deep threat. Like, he he runs good routes. He yes. still can get those intermediate balls. He can he can line up on the outside. He can line out on the inside, and and be effective at any any level. So he's still got it. And having Carson Wentz, having Alshon Jeffrey, and having Nelson Aguilar, like so they can't key on one of them is going to be huge for him. So I still think he can bring it, and that's why I put him at number seven. Yeah, and I mentioned earlier. I mentioned Aguilar in the slot and Jackson and Jeffrey on the outside. You could move those guys around too. I mean, Algalor's obviously played on the outside. Deshaun Jackson in the slot is terrifying. Mm-hmm. No, sure. it's 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 not to the Devonte level of like juking and with the feet or anything like that. But it's still you watch it and like they have no clue where he's going, which is this. That's got to be like just such a horrible feeling as a slot cornerback is to line up against one of the guys and go. Oh no! Like he, uh, like he could take one step this way, and if I don't react correctly, like he's just gone. Mm-hmm. So, all right, number six. I had Amari Cooper. Um, night and day, like Dusty said. I remember hearing about the trade, not even thinking really anything of it. It was such a meme at that point because everyone was like, "He drops passes all the time." Like he's terrible all this and we're really just like ripping on him and then he just kind of was like whatever and then went and balled out in Dallas and that was insane I remember watching some of those games and thinking to myself like who is he like he was completely different the team itself looked completely different and that's definitely someone to look out for and then you have to think um now Cobb's in Dallas and you Mm -hmm. think about that that's just going to be an emotional 
aspect of the game itself when the two teams meet up. Then you have Mari Cooper and everything else to worry about. So that's just definitely something that stood out to me. And the Packers oftentimes, no matter if all of us know which player is good, if all of us know which player they're going to throw it to, they still somehow always manage to let that person do something great. And so (laughs) I can totally see that happening with Amari Cooper, and it's a little bit concerning, but I think we can handle it the right way. Yeah, my six, uh, you guys already talked about him, is uh, Galladay. I mean, I I, like he's a guy (laughs) – I mean, the numbers he put up last year – uh, we're, we're insane. And like, he's, it feels like he's just getting started. Uh, like a thousand yard season last year, five touchdowns, uh, yard per reception of 15.2, uh, which is very, very good. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like he's going to terrorize the NFC North, uh, for years to come. And what we saw last year is just kind of scratching the surface. And so I'm going, uh, yeah, Galladay at six, you guys had him slightly lower, but I mean, I think he was all in, in all of our top tens. So we're all, <laughs> We're all kind of on the same page. Kenny, Kenny Galladay, actually good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had him on my fantasy team. He was my flex, and oh, he geez. got me I'll, some I'll, mad I'll, points. <laughs> uh, my number six was Alshon Jeffrey for all the reasons with, that have already been discussed. But when you add to Sean Jackson and you have teams that cannot key on him quite as much, I think that opens him up even more. Um, so talented guy. I think there's a couple of guys definitely that are still ahead of him that are more talented, but that, that combo of Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson is kind of scary as a one, two and throwing Nelson Aguilar. But now the fact that they can't, you know, throw safety help over the top for Jeffrey, that kind of, I think that kind of opens them up a little bit. So a healthy, a healthy Carson Wentz, that's, that's just a good thing for those wide receivers. I mean, if you, if you remember him pre-surgery, like that guy was a freaking magician of like getting yeah. out of bad situations and then dropping dimes. So I'm expecting big things from that Eagles offense this year. Here we go. Top five. Sarah, who you got? I had Thielen at five, and this was a little bit – I was – kept moving him and digs around because they're both so good and they're so, but they're so different. And so I ended up going with Adam at five. I feel like he's just so good. Technically he pays attention to little details that you wouldn't think about. And he does all of the little things, right. Which allow him to make plays. He has great footwork and he's crafty is a word I would use to describe him. And he's a bigger guy. So he's strong. He can shake guys off of him if he needs to, so definitely someone to look out for. He have to see him twice a year. So just someone that's super talented and definitely one to watch. Would you also call him a gym rat? Did bring, someone call him that? Brings his <laughs> brings his lunch pail. Coach's kid. First guy in, last guy out. It's pretty much anything. Anytime there's a white wide receiver, you know, gym rat, like all those things that Dusty always De- Deceptive <laughs> speed, Steve. Deceptive, just, deceptively fast. You don't see it coming, you know, and then all of a sudden he's gone. It's like, you know how no one ever thought Jory Nelson was fast? He was sneaky fast, Steve. Sneaky. Sneaky. Like, it got up on you really quickly. <laughs> uh, I also had Thielen at my five. Uh, for all the reasons Sarah said. I mean, he's... He said he pays attention to the details. The dude run ra- runs routes. For the guys in my uh, top 10, he was the guy with the highest catch rate last year, uh, which was like 74% catch rate, which is very, very good. I mean, 113 receptions, 1,373 yards. Like, he puts up numbers. He's very, very good. Like, you can 
you can't double both those guys, Diggs and Thielen. And I mean that the it, Sarah talked about the Vikings uh, wide receiving core at the top, and those two guys are good. There's not a whole lot of depth behind them, but it doesn't matter if those two guys are healthy because you can pay attention to both those guys and they'll still find ways to burn you. Uh, yeah, Thielen, Thielen's a monster, man. Uh, I hate I hate having to face him twice a year. The first time we've all agreed on something. Number five, Adam Thielen. How about that? <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really don't have anything more to add. It's you guys pretty much have it covered. He's a super talented freak athlete that uh, works hard at what he does and is really good at what he does. So, I mean, we can. I think we can pretty much leave it at that. Sarah, hit us with your number four. I had Diggs at four. Kind of, I've already touched on this a few times throughout our list. Um, just a really good wide receiver he's super quick his footwork is insane and he will his the routes that he runs are unreal sometimes if you look at film of him beating guys off the line it's just insane what he's able to do and just like what you said can't double both of them if you do they're still going to beat you and that I think totally defines Diggs he's he's almost like he wants to just make his the person mark like guarding him just look terrible and he just wants to do it in the almost flashiest and best way possible so yeah um actually i want to talk about thielen again for a minute do you remember when kirk cousins yelled at adam thielen last year because he was like i can't sit back there all day while you run your route and you're like shut up dude it's adam thielen he knows how to run routes and get open and you're kirk cousins and you grill your steaks with the plastic still on so just get like just shut up just shut up kirk cousins no one likes you no one on the team, probably your family, doesn't like you. I don't know. Either, wow, I've either. never felt closer to Kirk Cousins in my entire life. <laughs> either way. <laughs> what I can talk to on like a daily basis, like between like Twitter DMs and all this kind of stuff between Dusty. Like, Kirk, I feel for you, Kirk, right now. I'm sorry. Like, he's, he, he's, he went pretty hard on you. I, right I've, I've never liked Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I've never liked Kirk Cousins and him yelling at Adam Thielen for like taking too long on a route. I was like, you don't know what you're talking about, Kirk Cousins. Um, anyway. I apologize. Uh, my number four, number four is Keenan Allen. Uh, I feel like Keenan Allen is somewhat slept on just because, uh, you know, he said that he kind of had early injury history. Dude's still only 27 and just insane. Like just, I, th- I think you're sleeping on him right now. I, I when I see, four? when, when I see lists of people like talking about like top five receivers in the NFL, I don't know that I ever really see Allen's name listed. But, but he belongs. Kind of, oh, yeah, for he sure. He belongs in the conversation. And I feel like that's not brought up enough. Okay, so wait, let me just get this. His name belongs in the conversation of top five in mm-hmm. the NFL, but you have him at number four against the yeah. team the Packers are playing. Like, I, le- I legitimately might have four of my top five the Packers are playing this year. This year. Okay, then who's the fifth? Uh, Hopkins. Okay. Like, I think I go uh, A.B. Hopkins at 1-2. And then after that, it might just play out the way it plays out. Which means, I'm sorry, everyone, I've got Devontae Adams sitting just outside my top five. Ooh. Which I, is a conversation for another time. I don't, I don't want to open that up. Yeah, Can't... everybody, please feel free to yell at Dusty. He yells at me all the time during this. <laughs> you take out your hate. He just said Devontae Adams is not a top five receiver in the NFL, and he is and so listen, mistaken. So please, at Dusty Evely, it's going to shock up. a whole lot of people. A whole lot of people, but there are a lot of good receivers in the NFL. A lot of good receivers in the NFL. You know who's really good? It's I Keenan, think I'm going to tweet Allen. Adams and tell him that. I think Keenan Allen, if it, if, if, man, listen, if it motivates him, cool by me. Um, 
yeah, Keenan Allen's tremendous. Just 27 years old, put up close to 1,200 yards last year, 71% catch rate. That I mean, we're, at this point, we're just talking about guys running routes. Keenan Allen running routes is just a thing of beauty. Just an absolute dude is a technician. Uh, like, just tremendous watching that dude work. So, um, yeah, and he's still got, you know, Rivers is still very good. Uh, so that that tandem right there is absolutely terrifying. Um, I, I don't like facing Keenan Allen. He scares me. Number four, I went with Amari Cooper. I think you guys undersold him just a little bit. I think, you know, he coming out of Alabama, he had all the press in the world and then, you know, had a big first year, kind of fell off. And I think a lot of that had to do with Derek Carr not being quite motivated. But, man, alive, did he just blow up after getting to Dallas. And you know that that is – that's Dak Prescott's guy. So he is looking for – it's kind of reminiscent of, like, Brett Favre and Sterling Sharp of he's got eyes for Sterling Sharp and Sterling Sharp only. So that's who like Dak Prescott has eyes for Amari Cooper. Like he knows that that's going to make their offense go uh, pair that with Ezekiel Elliott and like they can go. So I think I'm a little higher on Cooper. Maybe it doesn't hurt that he was on my fantasy team as one of my keepers. <laughs> and I almost traded him right before he got traded. And then all of a sudden he just blew my team up like in a good way. So Amari Cooper, my number four. Now let's get to the fun part and hit the top three. Sarah, what do you got? Number three. I had Keenan Allen as number three, basically for all the reasons that Dusty said. He is just a monster. And I was when I was looking at stuff for the list and looking at some stats and articles about him, I found a really great article that the Chargers actually wrote about him on their website. And the opening line was this, which I feel like is a perfect way to describe him as a player. Keenan Allen takes one step off the line of scrimmage, and he's already laughing to himself. He knows he has his man beat before the cornerback can even react. So I felt like that was very just spot on with how great he is and just what he's able to do. He knows the second that he lines up across someone that he's going to beat him. And if when he does, he's going to make a play. Yeah, I like it. Um, my number three is, is Diggs. I mean, it's already been covered, uh, but super shifty, great hands, tremendous route runner, the ability to beat anyone at any given time from any given place uh, and make it look easy. I, I think of, and granted, you know, he's older, uh, but I think of the uh, the route he ran on Tremont Williams last year. Was that in week two? That corner route where he sold it inside and then just was was running the corner before anyone knew it was going on. And and it it just looks so easy. Just looks so easy. So digs at three. I kind of want to switch my list because I have the same thing as Dusty and it kind of annoys the crap out of me. <laughs> but I also have Stefan Diggs at number three. Uh everything we've all said, like that dude's just He's a technician. He's no he's no Devontae Adams, but he's a he's a, st- a small step below when it comes to you know footwork and and just selling people with your feet, which is uh, something that not a lot of NFL wide receivers are really great at. And Adams, Diggs, those those are two of the best in in the NFL. Um, and running, like, I, I don't need to go into it. Every we all know, like he. He's just a talented, talented dude, and it sucks that they have the number three and number five wide receivers for most of us on our top ten list. So, Diggs, number three, and all right, let's go. We, I think we all know who number one is, but let's see who mm-hmm. everybody else's number two is. I think me and Sarah have the same one. Yep, Tyreek Hill. I didn't cool, – Cool, cool. You guys, the have, you guys of support uh, child abusers. That's cool. That's cool. 
I think as a football player only, <laughs> Shut up, Steve. he's a very talented person. And you know I can't do that. <laughs> he could potentially, at his suspension or his hypothetical suspension, could be from six to eight weeks. The Packers play the Chiefs in Kansas City week eight. So we could, he could be back. This could potentially be his first game back. And if that is the case, that is a scary sight for the Green Bay Packers. In Kansas City, Hill's coming back for the first time. I'm pretty sure that's a, a night game, right? Is that a primetime game? I think I it is. I believe so. I didn't look it up, but yeah, I think they've got I'm pretty the sure game. it is. So that's just. They a, do, yeah. Okay, so that's just a big stage where he could come back and just go off and just totally make us look terrible and I'm really scared about that so hopefully he will not be back by then because if he is I see potential trouble there yeah we were really hoping that the news came down before this uh just just so we would kind of know if the Packers are going to face him or not but I'm under the assumption they're going to and if they do yeah I mean he's I mean, listen, I mean, kind of like I said, like this, this kind of falls some of these guys, some of the best receivers in the league. <clears throat> I kind of go, I'd go, if we were doing top five receivers in the league, it's the same list. It's the one, two is the same exact thing. It's in Hill at number two. I mean, what he did last year, uh, you know, with Mahomes pulling the trigger, you know, close to 1500 yards, 12 touchdowns, uh, like just <laughs> his yards per attempt, not yards per reception, yards per attempt were 10.8. His yards per reception were 17 and he's not, I mean, he's fast. But he's not just a deep threat. I mean, they they run the guy. I don't have his rushing numbers in front of me. But they run that guy in jet sweeps. They throw on bubble screens. He can beat you a variety of ways. One of those ways is just running directly past you. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, just we, we already touched on it. Bad person. Terrible, <laughs> terrible person. If we're talking about best people in the league, guess what? Tyree Kill is not in the top five. May shock you to learn. Not in the top five. But if we're talking just pure receiving ability on guys that the Packers may face this year, yeah, he's clearly number two, and he's only 25 years old. That's terrifying. But again, bad person, but number two in terms of skill in the NFL. <laughs> you guys are morons. It just, came, it just came out he's been suspended for eight games. So. No, You're kidding. You're he lying. Is. He is. <laughs> yeah. He is. I, ju- I checked before I started talking because I knew he was going to pull that crap. Okay, just to clarify for everyone listening, there was no announcement on Tyreek Hill's suspension. I just made that up to make them look like morons. But it didn't really work. Uh, right. Number two, I have Keenan Allen. Um, I think he is just, just such a stud of a wide receiver that never gets talked about. You know, you get Antonio Brown, you get uh, nuke, you get all those guys that are right up there and he just quietly goes about doing his job and doing it almost like better than 99% of the people at his position. And the fact that he has such a relationship with, um, the father of 1200 children um, <laughs> he just, but they just have that connection like they just know he knows where he's going to be and that ball will be placed where in a good spot for him to catch you know reminiscent of Rodgers and Jordy of like they have that mental connection of like the, the, if i throw the ball i know i just have that trust that he's going to be there so i love Keenan Allen i think he is just he's not talked about enough as as how talented of a wide receiver he is and that's why I picked him in number two. So who wants to talk number one about Mr. Big Checks? <laughs> it actually, like, he's so good, but it pains me so much to put him at the top of my list because he's just, he sucks as a person. 
and I just I went on a rant like a couple months ago when we talked about him. I don't remember why we talked about him, but I just uh, oh, oh that was the whole thing about we, who who are they going to sign him? Yes. With a pe- yeah. And yeah. I was the advocate for please God no because Me and you both Sarah we were both yeah. on the same page on that. No, you yeah. were more in the middle. So Antonio yeah. Brown is the guy that we are talking about. But he is number one on the list. That was an easy choice for me. But it pained me because he just – he bothers me a lot. I don't know why. He just – his attitude and his whole, I deserve this, 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 and this. But then you go to Oakland. Like, I don't know. It just he, – he he didn't have a choice in the matter. I know. But it's just like – I don't know just made me feel weird he bugs me a lot he the whole incident with like the chair and the kid is weird so but he's enough about him sorry i went on a negative rant there he is a fantastic he is a fantastic football player and he is unreal and i think no matter what team he's on he is going to be a star and um i think it'll be exciting since last year we didn't see him like for a very significant chunk of time. Um, it'll be exciting to see him back. I see what he can do. I know for fantasy football, that's going to be a really interesting pick because I think it's going to produce points, but I don't know. So we'll see. He's the best receiver in the league for me, for many people, and scares me a little bit that our team's going to have to go against him. What week are we playing them again? Uh, seven. Okay, so I feel like that's also a prime time for injuries with the Packers. We always have injuries. <laughs> so hopefully um, some of our defensive guys. New coaching guys, system's not going to happen. Nope, nope. That's true. No injuries. Everyone will be healthy all the only, time. Only the coaches will get injured. Yeah, only the staff will be injured. But A.B., he's at the top. He's a great football player, great receiver, but not such a great guy. But, hey, that seems to be a trend with <laughs> – like some of the people at the top of the list here. Yeah, only at the top of your list, not the top of my list. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's listen. I mean, they, I mean the the negatives you can say about him is that he's uh, he's thirty years old. Uh, he's short. I guess he's five ten. But really, it's a thirty years old. He's on like he's push. He's on the wrong side of thirty, and so it's kind of those. Well, at some point, his skills are going to go down. But until they do. Technically, he's, he's not on a side of 30. He is 30, so... Like. He's 30 plus some days. He's 30 plus some days. I'm just telling you, if you're going by so like... He's, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm going by his actual age. His full age. Which yeah. is... Oh, he's, he's and Dave, almost okay. 31. He's almost 31. He's, but as he's, of this recording, 30 years old, 351 days old. So he is almost Happy 31. Happy early birthday. Happy early birthday, <laughs> AB. Um, yeah, uh... Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, his, his birthday is July 10th, if you want to send him something. Uh, but he's just all the stuff we've been talking about. You know, the, the footwork, uh, the route running, the hands, the just, just making you miss the, the speed. Like, knowing when knowing when to speed up and slow down in a route, knowing how to set a guy up. Uh, all of that stuff, like, just a technician of the highest order. Uh, like, just an absolutely insane, insane receiver. I mean, the numbers, he, he you know, he skipped out on the team... What he, I think he played 15 games last year because he just didn't show up for week 16 when the Steelers still kind of had a shot at the playoffs, which that that seems bad. That's that's probably not didn't great. He, he left during the game. I no, I think I he just he didn't show up. Games in that. No, he played 15. Um, 
I think he didn't show up for some practices or something, but he didn't show up for that last game. I think he showed up for like the last practice and it just didn't show up for the last game. I, yeah, I knew he didn't show up because they like needed to win and he didn't show up and it was bad. So. Yeah, I just decided he didn't really feel like it, I guess. But I mean, he's still, numbers are bonkers, 168 targets, 104 catches, almost 1,300 yards, 1,297 yards, 15 touchdowns, a yard per reception of 12.5. Uh, he has had... What, 100, 100 receptions in one, two, three, six straight seasons? Uh, 100 plus, including his, like, he had back-to-back years, 2014 and 2015. 129 and 136 catches. That's, like, that's insane. And, like, the the only thing, and I can't knock him for this because it's the quarterback, I, I kind of wonder how he's going to do with Carr. Roethlisberger is obviously kind of, I mean, for, hey, listen, if we're going to talk about bad people, Roethlisberger towards the top of that <laughs> list, but that dude could still gun it downfield. And even with his skills kind of going down a little bit, he almost still like was to NFL. almost like there's a theme. Um, but, you know, Roger's bad teammate. Um, <laughs> Roethlisberger could still gun it down the field. And even if maybe the accuracy wasn't where it was, he's still willing to take those chances. Derek Carr has the arm, is not willing to take those chances. So I'm curious to see uh, how Bryant or Brown does in this offense uh, and with that quarterback. But that being said, if we're just talking about pure skill, <laughs> until those skills start going down, he's number one on the list. Uh, by, by like by, On everyone's list, with a bullet, He's he's just insane, just a bonkers like like a, a possible generational wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, there's no really no arguing. I mean, we we kind of talked about it all. He's a bad, not a great great guy, but he just is insanely talented. It, and and as you said, like the first thing that comes to my mind when he got traded to Oakland was, oh God, Derek Carr's his quarterback. This is uh, this is going to be interesting. Like you know, Amari Cooper had issues with Carr and connecting with him. So I'm just going to be, it's going to be something fun to watch. And especially since they're going to be on hard knocks, I'm going to be. Oh, I forgot uh, about that. Yeah. 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 So I'm, uh, I'm excited to kind of see if he blows up during practice at him, if he's not throwing like, you know, all that kind of stuff that can go down. Like, you know, he, he will not have an issue voicing his opinion. So it should be pretty interesting and fun to watch. I'm glad that the Raiders are on there. I think that's pretty cool. That's actually something I would love to – maybe we'll do a poll question out of this. Would you guys ever want the Packers on hard knocks? Absolutely not. No? No. I see. I would love it. I would like, yeah. I'd love, I'd love the, the more like more access to it. I'd, I'd love – I mean, you think of all the Packers fans, that would be – you get so much more in doubt. Like, I feel like for the amount of reporters and times that they talk to the, the players and all that stuff – we still don't get a lot of any like behind like, the scenes anything. It's true, but you also have to like the thing that the angle I'm taking on it is Hard Knocks is a reality show, and as then they cut it as such, which means that like or you're not getting like the stuff that that we as fans of the Packers might necessarily find interesting. You're getting like. Oh, this guy looked at this guy a little weird, and then let's take this quote from this guy out of context about this other guy. Like it's a it's a it's a Packers, manuf- Packers it's, Twitter is already. A reality, like I was gonna say, that feels think, like what I already deal I with. I feel like that's a majority of the Packers would want. Think to of see. how much, think of how much worse it gets. 
Think of how much worse it gets if you get a show and you have like 200 hours of footage and then they edit it down to like one hour of a TV show per week for nothing, no other reason than manufactured drama. Now, it's the Raiders and it's Gruden and it's Brown and it's going to be insane. But think about that if it's the Packers. Like there's enough like there's enough like interactions in any given week that you can throw out of context and say, look at how this is going. Like Packers Twitter, Packers Twitter is terrible now. I'm just hard knocks. We'd find out who shot Aaron Rodgers in the face. There probably would have been some footage. I'm permanently logging off of Twitter. I think if the the Packers ever get hard knocks, because it's going to be an absolute that it's you do not want it or Packers fans don't want it. Because I'm, I willing don't. To, I'm willing to do a bet on this one if you think that Packers fans don't. I've already lost a bet, so I'm I know, not doing I'm that. I'm fully aware. You already I, paid, so I'm really happy. I am, very, I am very much against it, and you two are for it, which means I would lose that bet real hard. I think a lot of Packers – I think most Packers fans would be for it. I personally am against it just because I feel like it's, it's manufactured drama for the sake of manufactured drama. You're not getting the true behind the scenes. Which I, if it's that, I'd be all for it. I'd love to see the behind the scenes. I'd love to see how some of that stuff works. It's more manufactured drama than actual true beyond the scenes. I'm just not interested in that. But that's just me. That's me. Stupid. Wrong. It's fair. Yep. Yep. Wrong. Stupid. Don't like it. So yeah, I'm, not, I'm not betting. Uh, let's uh, have everybody run down their list one more time. Sarah, can you, do you have yours in front of you? I've got um, mine. I got. On. Let me go. Yeah. Uh, you want me, I'll go. Yeah, uh, We'll go ten to one. So uh, DJ Moore, Deshaun Jackson, Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, and Antonio Brown. Right, I got mine now. Golden Tate, Alshon Jeffrey, Kenny Galladay, Deshaun Jackson, Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, and Antonio Brown. And finish it up. We've got Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay, Tyreek Hill. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper, Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, and Antonio Brown. So, if I am correct, you are the, Dusty. You're the only one who had Allen Robinson on their list. That's kind of shocking. That's kind of shocking. Uh, he was my he was my runner. He was in my yeah, honorable mention yeah. with uh, with Cobb and with DJ Moore. But okay, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because he's a Bears guy. I, and he hasn't, and, and Trubisky's his quarterback, and he hasn't, no. just, he hasn't been able to produce for like three years in a row. Was injured. He was injured for, yeah, with injured the injury, for one of those, yeah. But I mean, it, his bear season, he hasn't, it hasn't been crazy, like really good to the point of what'd you have him at, like seven? Robinson, I had at eight. eight. Yeah. Again, you're you, wrong. You know who I had think a he's shocking like right outside the top 10. I disagree. Okay. I disagree, but I don't. I don't take issue with with either of you guys. Um, you know who had a shockingly good season last year when I was looking at the numbers was Sterling Shepard for the Giants. Like he, did. It, he was on my fantasy team too. Yeah, I had him honorable mention, like just sitting just outside. He like I, I would honestly, I, I like him better than Tate. Um, Didn't he break his ankle at the end of the year though, or was that the year before? I think that was Ooh, the year before. I think it was the year before, but I'm not because they just signed. Sure. They just signed him to uh, contract extension. Pretty positive. I, like I liked him when uh, I think I liked him more when uh, Beckham was there. Yeah, just his skill set fit well, but still he had a he had a better year than I thought he did. It's just t- it's tough to with Eli Manning throwing the ball. Like they were so hit and miss last year with yeah with like there all of a sudden there'd be games where he'd throw for 150 yards and Saquon Barkley would run for 200. So I mean, not to get off on anything here, but I don't know if you guys have seen the. Uh, 
Eli Manning training camp stuff where there's just no defense on the field and he's overthrowing guys. It's just it's made my heart so happy. Just so happy. Have you seen some of the pictures with the I forget the name of the kid they just drafted? Daniel Jones. Daniel yeah, so They look so yeah. eerily creepy, like dopey, the like the same like uh, face. Like, I will say, like the the was he got booed at a Yankees game? Was it Daniel yeah, Jones? It's like, I mean, dude, what are you what are you doing? He hasn't played a snap yet. What are we doing? I but to be fair, the Giants also put out like a ooh, check out what Jan- Daniel Jones is doing in mini camps, and it was like screen passes. The, oh, and, the like, hype video that was yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah. It was just like literally screen passes, and you know. He threw uh, he hooks and he threw two downfield like further than twenty yards, but it was to a receiver who was standing still, like didn't lead him. And, and there's just no a guy defense. that was standing. There. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I I actually can throw a football decently well to the point if there's nobody covering a guy, I got a decent chance to hit him in stride. I forgot about that, and that came from the Giants' main account. Yeah. Like I saw it first, and I thought it was a joke. I thought someone was making fun of it, and I was like, "No, this is a hype video from the Giants' account." It was tremendous. Mm-hmm. No, that was some good work from the uh, PR team. <laughs> <laughs> just not thinking things through at all. It's like a young Blake Bortles out there. <laughs> Reminds me of Blaine Gabbard. <laughs> See the moxie on that kid? Did you hear? I'm sorry, this is going off on another tangent. Did you hear the story of Jack Del Rio was apparently at the buffet yeah. when, they, when they drafted Blake yeah. Gabbard? He's like, I was filling up my plate. Figured we had a couple hours before our draft. And all of a sudden I hear with the... 11th pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars, like Blaine Gabbard. He's like, what the hell? Wait, was that Gabbard or Bortles? No, that was Gabbard. That was Gabbard. That was okay. That was Gabbard. Yeah. Bortles yeah. went like three when he went. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's some bad quarterbacks in Jacksonville. Yeah, that that that, that story just came out today or yesterday or something. That was tremendous. Yeah, yeah, that was a funny one. Uh, before we do go, I I do have to talk to you guys. Um, I I tried a new Oreo combination, mm. so I gotta see if you guys have done this one yet. But if you remember, like Dusty will remember this. I don't know if Sarah will, but the like the thing that would go in your lunchbox that was like three or four crackers, and then you get the cheese spread and the little red thing to spread yes, the cheese on it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Oreo has one of those, except they have the filling as the cheese, yeah, yeah. and Ooh. then the the cookie stick is actually like the cracker. So you get six little mini cookie sticks. So you kind of like. Whole, it, it's shockingly really good. Yeah, like, my mom used to pack that for me in my lunchbox when I was in elementary school. The Oreo ones—that was like my dessert. What? My that was a, I thought those were new. No, I, I think I've seen those, but I've never tried it. Oh. Yeah, they're really good. I used like when I was a kid, I used to have them in my lunchbox, and then like I have had the cheese ones too, but I have definitely had the Oreo ones. Yeah, I mean, I would I would recommend them. They're uh, okay. It's not the same as an Oreo cookie, but I mean, it's still a nice little snack, a little treat. Um, so, Dusty, you definitely feel free. I will. I, we're going to end this because I now I'm thinking about snacks and foods, and I'm I've <laughs> gone on I've gone on a diet, so I'm trying to not be as fat as I am. So mm. I'm now thinking about snacks all the time uh, that I can't have. But what was your number one go to like had to have in your lunchbox snack? <sighs> I know. I'm putting a lot on you right now. Uh, so I will start off with, because this was like my favorite of all time, was the fruit by the foot. 
Mm. where you would get the three feet and then you would just have yeah. to like pull like and then it was, everybody had their own way of getting it all off and you know i had one friend who would just peel the whole thing off put it like put it into a ball and then shove the whole ball into his mouth uh that was always a good one so he sounds like a cool guy wow, he was a cool guy he was a lot of fun. <laughs> we could uh, do all sorts of stuff at the lunch table and he would do it so best kind of guy uh so i didn't have a whole lot of snacks in my lunchbox um as a kid at least that i can recall a very long time ago uh, the one that other kids got that I was always like, man, that seems awesome. I would love that was uh, Fun Dip. Loved me some Fun Dip. That's, and a, that's a fun, fun dip is a Fun Dip is a snack. It's a candy. It's candy. Listen, I was in elementary school and it looked awesome and I wished I had it. And that's, I don't care. Listen, dude, Fun Dip or whatever, your Fruit by the Foot, also kind of candy, no, right? Fruit by the Foot is like. It's like a roll up. It's like a fruit yeah, roll up. That's yeah, that's also candy. candy. That's also candy. Not candy. It's there's going to be like, multiple polls on this because it's like a it's like a candy, it's like a glorified it's like a slightly healthier airhead. It's <laughs> all it is. It's all it is. We'll <laughs> right, fight you on room. that. Uh, I mean, we can do some more bets if you want to lose some more whiskey or bourbon. I don't want to bet. I want to fight you in the streets. I want to fist fight <laughs> with you in the streets of Green Bay. Is what I want. Just outside Lambeau, you and me. This fight by the dumpsters over this. I don't want to bet. I just want I blood. I want okay. blood. That's super classy. Yeah, thank you. Mm. Also, a snack pack. I'm down for a snack pack. <laughs> if, that's, if we're talking about snacks, I would also be down for a snack pack. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, what is some like? What's the millennial snack that you enjoyed? Okay, so anyone that knows me, like you can literally ask anyone that I grew up with, whether it was elementary, middle school, or high school. But my mom would always combine the rainbow goldfish with the pretzel goldfish and like make like a mix of both of them together and like every time i go home we still have like a huge tub in mm-hmm. our pantry that's just like a mix like i even do it at my apartment here in orlando and for some i literally brought that to school every single day whether i ate it for snack or i ate it with my lunch i literally eat and i still to this day like at work i either pack like cheez its or the the snack mix and it was always a thing like all my friends always said it was like my mom's thing and they would always like tease my mom about it like the ones that are close with my family like oh my gosh that's like your thing and so that was the snack I like grew up with I always had that I had that thing on me all the time everywhere I went for soccer I always had like one in my backpack and then my mom was really upset because like three years ago me and her went to Walmart and now they sell like <laughs> actual goldfish big tub that like mixes the goldfish with the pretzel goldfish. That's your was idea, like, man. Was like, I've been robbed. I've been doing this for so many years, and now they're selling it. And I was just, it was, it was a sad day. And then I also always had to have a cookie. Um, mm. It was like a weird superstition thing, though. In high school, whenever I had a soc- uh, like a high school soccer game that day, I had to like buy the same sprinkled cookie from the lunch line every day that I had a game and it was like a really superstitious thing. So, but it worked. So, well, if we're, if we're doing candies and all kinds of stuff like that, there was something in high school that we used to do. We had a place called, uh, like that only juniors and seniors could go to, um, (laughs) in the basement of the school. And they had like ping pong tables and couches relax. And, and they had like a snack shack where you could get slushies and I would do, you get the the cherry slushy and then put Swedish fish into it. So they would like get frozen. Ooh, yeah, and they get a little hard. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that was always a go-to. So it, that's not a snack because it's actually like candy and a slushy, but apparently that's a snack to Dusty. 
It is. Here's a combo for you guys. Here's a combo. I know we're running along, but here's a combo that is an odd one. You need to try it. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Regular Goldfish Crackers. I know it doesn't sound good, but there's something about the sweet and salty. You don't put them in a bowl together. You have like a spoonful of one. You have a spoonful of the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Milk with the Cinnamon Toast Crunch? No, it's dry. You eat like a snack. You eat like a snack. Cinnamon Toast Crunch and then Goldfish Crackers. The original Goldfish Crackers. It's something about the taste of them together. I know. I see your faces. (laughs) It doesn't sound great, but there's something about the taste of those two together. Very, very good. That's very, even, very good. I mean, normally you bring, like, when we quiz you on, you know, routes and all this kind of stuff, like, you're dead on. You're always right. You're, mm-hmm. you know, this is, you are, you've been off today. Like, all of your takes have been just horrible. I'm, t- I'm telling you, man, I feel like I've slept like an average of four hours for the past two months. See, and this I is think it's catching. I think it's I'm, catching up with me. I'm on the flip side now. Like, my son had his surgery and all of a sudden he's sleeping through the night. So I'm like, I'm feeling really good. I'm in I the middle. Surgery. I get like four hours of sleep a night with school. But now, after tomorrow, I'm going to be sleeping good every single day, knowing that I'm, like, done with this class. You guys are the I worst. really hope that this podcast continues on for years and years, and after Sarah has kids, and she's like, guys, I'm so tired, I'm not sleeping, and Dusty and I are, like, you know, got 10, 12-year-old children, and we're like, ah, this is amazing. I hope so, too, because that would be hilarious to be, like, at that at that stage, like, and you guys will be like, oh, I told you so. Remember when we used to <laughs> talk on, about come that? Come on, Sarah, you just had a kid. You can jump on the podcast. <laughs> I'm, like, in the hospital, like, <laughs> waiting to give birth, and they're like, welcome into the Thursday edition <laughs> Whereas I didn't show up a couple weeks ago because I was drinking at a conference. But Sarah, I believe Sarah would show up for that because she's a trooper. I don't know. that. That's pushing it. That's, that's pushing it. And that's like years from now. So, <laughs> Well, that seems like a good place to wrap this all up. <laughs> <laughs> We're so committed and loyal to this podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sarah's going to be having children and then, you know, jumping, the ne- jumping on the next day. I mean, it's doable. That's doable. She's got a phone and Twitter. She can stay caught up. I like it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, guys, we jumped off the rails again. Shocking to everybody listening, but we hope you guys had a lot of fun with us. We will be back next week again. Um, I think we got some more stuff to break down, right? Yeah, we're doing the linebackers. Ooh, linebackers. That'll be a good one. I, I always enjoy uh, some high-quality linebackers, something the Packers haven't had for a long time. So it's always fun to talk about who they're going to be playing. So next next week we'll check on linebackers. I'm sure we'll hit some more food takes because that's what we do. And uh, we should have the 4th of July episode, isn't it? Oh, that's right. Yeah, It'll be July is. 3rd when recording, so you'll be hearing some fireworks in the background from everybody. Should I might have fun. my dog with me trying to comfort him so he's not freaking out. <laughs> that's a good point, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. So we'll, I will catch you guys next week. Um, I'm going to put a couple of those polls out on Twitter because Dusty doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And uh, we'll go from there. So you guys want to – do you have anything else? I, I, I need to open it up to you guys if you want to say anything else because Dusty told me I'd never do this. So is, is there anything you'd like to say before we end the episode? No. <laughs> I do. I do, Steve. You're not allowed to edit that out. Coughing. I, no, I can't. You guys laughed, and so now I can't edit it out. Uh, the only thing I have to say, um, I don't know, it's a long off season, but having fun with you guys. This is awesome. Um, and then also – 
I'll pimp my own stuff for a minute every Thursday. So the day this comes out, so I look super busy on Thursdays when really we record on Wednesday and my article is done before this anyway. Um, every Thursday I have an article going up on LaFleur's offense, looking at uh, the Titans offense from last year, kind of looking at some passing stuff and some stuff that he could do with that in Green Bay. Uh, that I put entirely too much time into. And so if you feel like, after listening to this podcast, go, oh, hey, I'm going to check that out. It hits um, what, like 4 o'clock, uh, 4 p.m. on Thursdays is always when that sucker's scheduled. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun to write. So if you're looking for his passing concept stuff, you can do that. And let I me do, know how I, bad I it do, is. I do like to make fun of you quite a bit, but, man, those that – Every time I read that, I feel like I, I actually do get smarter, which I know you'll also make fun yeah, of me I, for. But, man, like there's so much knowledge in there. It's awesome. Yeah, I feel like I know nothing about football when I read it. I'm like, wow, like this is some high-level analysis. So definitely and check it out. Every time I write it, I feel like I don't know anything either. So uh, we're all in this together. All in this together. <laughs> Sarah, do you have any closing comments, or should we wrap this up? Um, I think I'm good for now. Okay. Well, it's been fun. We will catch you guys next week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. That's at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher4, at Steve Perhatch, at Packaday Podcast. And be sure to follow that Packaday Podcast. There should be a very pretty, pretty large announcement coming soon within the next day or two uh, from Andy and from the Packaday Podcast. Mm-hmm. So make sure to follow that. Thanks for listening. We will catch you guys next week. And as always, go Pack Go. <laughs>